This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking, in the trades, and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley and I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not-so-tough topics. And we like to feature experts and champions who can assist women in being the best they can be. Good mental health is very important for everyone. Without it, our very health can be at risk. Too often, women are so busy taking care of others or on a career fast track, they neglect their own mental health. This only leads down a gnarly path of disaster. Walker Brandt is an advocate for women and helps them see a path to their own healing. She's the author of the Amazon international bestseller, Awaken, Discovering Yourself Through the Light of Your Innocence. Walker is also an actress in Hollywood in films and television, and she's a speaker coach. In her book, Walker shares her own experience as a child abuse survivor who'd attempted suicide as a teenager before she became an emancipated minor at 16. She said it was then that a commitment to healing became her focus. Walker now shares the elements that carried her through the worst times and the creative personality that drew her to craft an amazing transformation of her own. She shares that with others. We have Walker with us today to learn more. Welcome, Walker. Thank you for being on the show with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation with two amazing women. Obviously, I've done a little bit of research, and what you both are doing in the world is incredible. And I just learned more. I had no idea the size of Kathy's truck and all that she's, you know, expanding in her skills in a world that we typically think is a man's world. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Kathy is definitely uh, a champion for women. And it's amazing. Kathy, you started out as a nurse and, and now you drive really big equipment. Just rather small equipment, in my opinion. <laughs> as Kathy likes to say, it's it's a man's best kept secret, right? It is man's best kept secret. Oh my God! I tell women everywhere, you got to give it a try. I mean, oh, it, it it's number one. It's fun. It's challenging. It pays well. Um, I play in a giant sandbox all day. And did I mention that it was fun? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, you know, you see little boys, you know, we, we have playing with their Tonka toys. Right. And as a kid, I played with Lincoln logs. I was a total tomboy. And so I was never afraid of, uh, you know, big equipment. And for me as a little girl and, and, um, and it was because, uh, as dysfunctional as my family was, there was one thing that they all did was, and all had within them was a fearlessness to try new things and to push the envelope. Maybe it's because they're Vikings and that's oh, the, you know, their nature. Viking. Their- that's interesting. I'm Icelandic. <laughs> no, there you go. So you're Viking too. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, I am a redheaded Viking. <laughs> Absolutely. And we have redheaded Vikings in our family too, but it, um, you know, we were all, 
because we spent so much time alone um, in our, you know, out in nature. And I mean, I certainly did, but all of my uh, relatives did to some degree, like I had surfers and water skiers and they just did a lot of um, divers, things that were risky and motor, you know, motocross. My uncle was a, I mean, he was nicknamed Evil Knievel. He had broken every bone in his body and lost an eye. Oh and my. just a crazy man, but amazing on a motorcycle. And so it was a bit of crazy and fearlessness. And um, so having that freedom, that kind of uh, mindset in the midst of the of the dysfunction, at least allowed for me to to get out into the world around me and push my own limits and not get lost in a role or a type. It wasn't until I got older that I started finding myself because of the pressure of society, finding myself standing in the middle of a role going, and I'm not talking about as an actor, I'm talking about as a woman. Like, why am I, why do I feel like I'm sort of being pushed in that direction? Is it something, it's like a, an unspoken societal norm and the desire to fit in mm -hmm. and to be part of things that's within all of us is powerful. And if it's unconscious, you're not aware that it's actually happening. As women, we can often find ourselves in roles that we are oh, not yeah. in harmony with. Right. We're pigeonholed. So Walker, what are you doing today? And then maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you began. What I do today, I'm still an actress. I still uh, do uh, commercial work and I still do advertising, print and, and projects like that. And I also coach, I help speakers, I coach speakers and uh, I also have women that I work with. I have a program called Awaken Your Irresistible. And what that is, is the irresistible within us. There's two irresistibles. The irresistible that is our special magic. And each one of us has our own special magic that nobody else has. It's our thing that people find irresistible. And sometimes we're not in touch with it, uh, accepting of it. It's maybe didn't fit into the family paradigm, but it's right there under the surface, creating conflict inside and needs to be awakened and accepted and honored. And the other irresistible is that thing that we know we want to do. It's behind nagging at us in jobs that we're doing we don't like or relationships that we're trying to fit into somebody's, you know, uh, idea of us, but it's always there. So Awaken Irresistible is about honoring who you are. I mean, underneath that title, it's honoring who you are, the whole of who you are, and really seeing the magnificence and uniqueness. So that I when love you, that. You know, you step out in life, you're stepping out as you, not apologizing and not. Yeah, I love that. So many women try to be a square peg in a round hole. We're kind yeah. of forced into that. And we go through life not being fulfilled. That's right. And, you know, I actually say that. Uh, when I describe it, I, I, but I switch the square because I think of us as more round. And so I say the round peg fitting in the square hole. Yeah. Because yep. I think women try and box ourselves in. And sometimes as women, 
we can box each other in because when we see somebody step out of the norm that we've been trained um, to accept as the norm, it makes us uncomfortable. And we haven't been you know, taught how to honor each, each other and to support each other as women in our mm-hmm. unfolding, in our awakening, in our self-acceptance, in our power. Yeah. We've all had that one person who says, uh, oh, you can't do that. What are you thinking? They don't want you to, like you said, step out. Uh, they discourage you. They're a naysayer. And it's so counterproductive. Yeah. And, you know, and I love working with women to that place of acceptance, value and responsibility for the feminine contribution, because I think we as women have such a huge, huge opportunity right now to do things differently to, as uh, I mentioned earlier, to balance that matrix of existing masculine infrastructure in a different way than it was created with us with dominance and um, you know, and oppression and, um, disvaluing, uh, who we are and Mm -hmm. putting us in that box that suited that mentality is we have an opportunity as women to be, to cooperate as we do it, to do it through a, um, uh, an energy of cooperation where we invite men into the same level as us, rather than sort of that, you know, uh, retaliatory, frustrated, angry state that sometimes can happen when you really wake up to the level of generations of women that have just lived in this, this oppression. And it mm-hmm. really is an oppression. It is. But, you know, we have the ability to not let that govern our way out of it. Well, and it's everywhere. Even in the medical community, if you look at medical definitions, the word hister refers to the uterus which, of course, are unique to women. And hyster is the origin of the word hysterical, which is extremely sexist. So women have been considered hysterical because they have uteruses and anything they have to say um, has no credence (laughs) or credibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to, you know, as women, we have to, and, you know, just digress for a second. Doctors are starting to recognize, you know, conscious doctors are starting to recognize this uh, programming that has gone on and mm-hmm. how the medical institution also separates the body into parts rather than dealing with this, it as a whole. Yeah. That's how doctors are taught to treat, you know, to practice on a part, but we are a whole being and just like I'm sure Kathy knows, something goes wrong in your engine. Say you got to repair your carburetor. It's not too long after that that you find something else starts to. So when you got to sort of do a tune-up, you got to do, you know, you got to tune up the whole thing. And finally, medicine is um, becoming more aware. Like I, my OB just left the practice of medicine. She just retired. And part of it was because there's been so much pigeonholing of women within the medical field of not allowing a woman to recognize that I can't just treat the uterus and the ovaries and the breasts of my patient. I need to know what's going on in her mind too. Mm -hmm. I need to know how she's eating. I need to be more aware of these, these other, um, components of her well-being. And that's not how medicine, that's not how the medical institutions teach uh, teach their students. They teach right. 
it's just very uh, bifurcated. Yes. Well, Kathy, you've got a background in nursing, so certainly you've probably encountered all of that. It's kind of interesting that I've, I've had the nursing aspect of it and also the now the trucking aspect of it. It's like two different um, realms uh, that are so far and wide apart you know what I mean like it's you go from one way of thinking one way of being trained and um interacting with you know with doctors and patients and this and that and a a certain way of critical thinking into a completely different uh world I actually constantly refer to it as a I'm living on a different planet because (laughs) but at the same time, there's some foundation um, things that are the same. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though they're, they're two careers that are so far different, the human aspect is, is still remains the same. And what's really important to me is the mental health, that whether it was nursing or whether it's in mining, um, mental health is so critical in the workplace. And I think that really needs to be brought up to the forefront. I agree with you 100%. Mental health is something and we're seeing it, you know, in our society. I mean, recently, we saw uh, uh, Twitch, who was a, you know, producer and dancer, that's the most recent news, committed suicide, and nobody expected it. And, um, and it's, you know, there's all manner of issues within my industry and the performing arts, because there just hasn't been an acceptance of, yeah you know the reality it's part of being a human being you know like like for me going into um the the, this whole mining world with these big tough guys that are you know heavy equipment operators full of tattoos and you know i'm tough (laughs) and when i when i wrote my book dream big and three days before it was about to come out like i wrote the book with the intention for women and youth and you know to anyone that's suffering from you know sexual abuse and depression and all this stuff and when it was about to come out, it, it hit me. Oh my God, all my coworkers are gonna know. <laughs> and they had seen me all they knew when they when they looked at me was that, you know, Kathy was a nurse and you know she's happy and she you know she's got everything going good for her. They had no idea you know, what the reality behind or the story behind all that. So the, the anxiety I had coming to, to, to my coworkers, which is 170 of these big tough guys, was really difficult until the moment I recognized that, wait a minute, don't tell me that these big tough guys don't have, you know, problems and, you know, there, there's maybe health issues or all, whatever, you know, right? And they, they just don't show it. So what I did is I went in front of my crew and I said, you see that book? I said, um, it's not about mining and it's more about mental health and depression and loneliness and sexual abuse. And if you, I'm not asking you to buy the book or, or I'm not asking you to read the book, excuse me, but I'm asking you to maybe pay it forward. If you know someone that maybe one sentence in that book will create a world of difference. And what that did Walker was unbelievable because it transformed the whole atmosphere in the workplace from, oh, you know, what, what are you having for supper? What'd you do on days off? Or, you know, the superficial crap. And instead, people all of a sudden are coming to me and they're talking to me about real life issues. We're having real conversations in the workplace. And to me, that's priceless. That's yeah. what I want to hear. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors. Coming up. 
Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at TruckingMovesAmerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Kathy, I think you've truly awakened people at your workplace with your book, and you've really encouraged mental health awareness. That's terrific. One coworker just the other day, just randomly, he was sitting beside me on the bus, and he knew I was going to Peoria and Caterpillar. Um, I had a big speaking engagements for for down there, and about mental health and wellness in the workplace. And he just randomly said to me, you know, I think that's really good that you, you do this because um, he says, nobody knows this, but I've had five members of, you know, my, my, my family and in, in his um, like cousins and all that, like in, in people that he knows that, that have committed suicide. Wow. And he says, I'm really struggling, but nobody knows because he's the jokester of the crew. Right. And he puts on that facade, but he says, I, I want you to know that it's really important that you do that because people don't, know what's really going on and i don't know if it's worse because when i what's worse is it worse in the in the in the blue collar world or is it worse in the corporate world like or is it you know it's the problems are the same the foundation is the same we're all suffering we're all hurting at some point yeah absolutely and walker you're doing this with your book too you really document quite the journey. I mean you've come so far from the childhood abuse that entrapped you that you literally ran away from you attempted suicide. Could you tell us a little bit about that journey? You know, it's, it's what Kathy was saying is so true. We all have, um, you know, everybody poops. (laughs) (laughs) It just kind of brings it to the, you know, the foundation, everybody poops. We all have a brain. We all have a heart. We all have a body. We all have feelings. We all have sensitivities, proclivities and different, uh, in different um, recipe and, you know, levels, but the foundation is the same and recognizing that we aren't so far apart and being courageous and sharing your story for that person that it may help is, it takes a lot of courage. And uh, so I applaud you for doing that. It takes a lot of courage. And, um, and also at the same time, I think it's our responsibility Um, for me growing up, it was, you know, I knew from as far back as I can remember, and I have vivid memories at two and three, I'm one of those people that remembers really young, uh, you know, when I was really, really young, I just came out early and came out with a lot of questions and a lot of, uh, desire to know more. And why I chose my family must have been, and I do think we choose, often we choose to learn, is, was to expand. Uh, and so regardless of the contraction that alcoholism and physical and sexual abuse and verbal abuse and any of the genre of, of abuses that we can, um, that we can uh, commit to one another, there was a a desire to know more and to to 
seek more. That I think is what the unlimited nature of us is what gave me the strength to overcome. And I believe that this often is what helps turn the corner when we're dealing with a mental health crisis, because I certainly was in an environment uh, that for all intents and purposes to any therapist I had seen, and I'd seen quite a few, but I was in Jungian analysis for years. And I remember the my analysis uh, my uh, analyst looking at me and saying, I don't know how you're not in jail or or dead, frankly, or really angry at the world, which I wasn't any of them. I had mm-hmm. anger, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, and and my you know family have been the members through all of that in jail, super angry still committed suicide, drug overdoses, you know, um, definitely walked in, in those realms, but I knew that I wasn't unconsciously knew I wasn't my thoughts and I wasn't my, my, uh, environment that I was a part of something bigger. And it, I saw that and felt that in nature. I felt where I fit in was in nature and nature to me had so much freedom and power and acceptance that it helped me to remap those traumas that I was, that I was living through, even in the moment of them, there were times when I went through such severe trauma and I literally ran away that day into nature by myself and was able to remap it instantly. And that's something that as human beings, if we're not taught that we have a choice, that we're experiencing something awful in this moment and it is temporary. And if we choose to go out and put ourselves either in a different thought process or a different environment, something new will come in and we will discover and become more conscious of our capabilities. But when we allow ourselves to, to, we don't allow ourselves that choice or we brood on a thought process and we stay in, which, you know, you can lump it into blame or, or just rehashing or the why, the whys, why is it this way? That's a big thought trap. Because the why, you know, just puts you into trying to and thinking that an answer for it is going to fix your discontent with it. And that's not the case. How many times have you both experienced where you got the answer to something, but it didn't remove the pain? Yeah. Or it still didn't make any sense. Or it didn't make any sense. Right. Exactly. Because in that moment when something happens, it it needs to be dealt with in that moment and remapped either by, you know, a circumstance that just happens to come in or out in nature, or like it happened with me. But if it doesn't, it is now our responsibility. How we carry it is our responsibility. Ultimately, as we walk through life, we grow and we just, we discover how we're carrying things. Right. And I was able to release a lot as a young child. I didn't even know I was doing that. That's what carried me to the point to be able to get, to be in a room with an analyst who's said those words to me was because nature, I turned it over with unwittingly, unconsciously 
turned it over. But as an adult, I practiced that I'm not my thoughts and I'm my consciousness. What do I want my consciousness to be? That's an important question. It, our consciousness isn't limited to our experiences. It's unlimited. It's not bound by our experiences, our expectations, our reactions. You know, that's part of our fallible humanity. And we often don't realize that we choose to allow our thoughts and experiences to hijack our, um, our connection to the expansive consciousness that we are always a part of. And nature sort of impacted me that way. You know, Walker, I am amazed at such a young age, you have the kind of insight that some people don't achieve until they have a PhD. Really? Well, yeah. it, was, it was, you know, it was a relationship. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and I, I got to give it up to God because it really wasn't a conscious thing for me. I just didn't know what it was until I got, you know, into my late teens and early 20s where I thought, okay, there's something I'm an odd one. <laughs> I'm an odd one because I had enough therapists tell me you're unusual in your perspective about life. Um, and, you know, I, I said things to my own mother uh, as a kid that was, um, just, she, she was like, what the hell is that coming from? <laughs> you know, she didn't understand it, but it was like, why are you upset? Why are you mad? And she'd say, I'm not mad. And I'd say, before we could before we could talk, we spoke with our minds. And I was a little girl making, you know, statements like this. And she was like, oh, that's just nonsense, you know, because it didn't fit into the mold that was my family. But in nature, and what I was trying to say was what I was experiencing na in nature. When I'd be in nature, I'd go and, and sit by a stream and I'd find a salamander and it would crawl on my hand. Or I'd come across a... Um, a rattlesnake or any kind of snake and I could pick it up rattlesnakes. I didn't have any fear of at all. And I picked wow. up a lot and it was like, they were all over where I grew up. And it's one of the things that people like freak out when they hear that, like they'll ask me a random thing. Well, I used to tune up my own, you know, my own uh, 1965 super sport Camaro. So I can tell you what headers are, carburetors are, spark plugs and all that. And, you know, gaskets, all that stuff. Cause I used to do it myself. And I can tell you that um, I used to pick up rattlesnakes all the time as a kid. I didn't have a fear of ba especially baby ones, which are the most dangerous, but they weren't afraid of me. I grew up in the mountains for part of my life. And the thing about nature is nature is about your energy. Nature senses your energy. Animals will come near you when you are peaceful and you are calm in your spirit. You feel a connection and that happens when you allow yourself the stillness to recognize that you are not your circumstances. And there was just something inside of me that knew this and that, that acceptance from animals gave me confidence that I would have never gotten in my, in my house. I mean, and I still have dealt, you know, obviously even with all of that, I went through, as you know, in my, my book, I share the mental, struggles that I went through with confidence, with trust, with, and I still, you know, my circumstances left a groove, you know, and uh, one of the things that I say to all my kids, I know this is saying is water on a rock, because it leaves a groove, water on a rock leaves a groove. And if you are spending a lot of time in an environment that's not good for you, know that you're going to create a groove, and it's going to be up to you to ungroove that groove. And how deep it goes is more ch is how challenging it can become. 
for you to re redirect it, uh, regroove it. And I was unwittingly regrooving that groove that my family would have left in me through nature and the acceptance of animals letting me come into their space and not attacking me. Animals were way more safe than my own family. I felt way more comfortable playing with snakes and uh, being out in nature by myself uh, in dangerous areas. I mean, I was mm -hmm. by myself at five or six years old all day long, you know, and there were mountain lions up there in, in the California mountains in this uh, Padre Padres, uh, Los Padres National Forest. There were, you know, like I said, rattlesnakes everywhere. And um, I just, I never got in trouble with it because there was a level of respect and um, connection that was beyond my own understanding at that point. And I just sought it. Nature gave you a sense of belonging, didn't it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's that, isn't that something that we all crave? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we crave that when you get it. And I think that's why suicide and the thoughts of it are so prevalent during our teen years, because it's the time in our lives where our own bodies, we don't feel like we belong to them. They're doing crazy things. We don't relate to what's happening to our bodies and our minds are shifting and we want to be accepted. We want to belong. And so we seek to belong. And if we are bullied or we don't feel that we belong, life becomes this devastating, painful experience. And um, nature is a gift surrounding us where we can feel that connection, even when we have the, you know, the experience of growing up in a family where we aren't accepted for who we are. And I don't ever remember being accepted for who I am in my family. I don't remember a single moment being accepted for who I am in my family. I remember being tolerated and that's just what it was, but I felt accepted and a part of everything in nature. And that is a life-saving uh, recipe for anyone who's struggling with mental uh, distress is to recognize that you are a part of something so much bigger, yeah. so much bigger than what you are within in this moment. That's, you know, your family, your relationship or your work or whatever it is that is making you feel overwhelmed. You have this unlimited connection. That's, that's your consciousness. And when you choose that as your consciousness, it helps your thoughts. You know, the, the fallibleness of our humanity doesn't end up dominating our thoughts. They don't get hijacked. And, you know, I mean, the mind naturally will distract us from that awareness, but it doesn't have the power to detach us from what is beyond this physical and often temporarily beyond our awareness. Our mind cannot detach us from it because it is always there for us. Once you recognize that, we give ourselves the choice to be more of a participant in life rather than a passenger. And it connects us you know, to the endlessness of, of, of what we are, which gives us a choice. So what is life without choice? I mean, it it's this you know, you're basically a, a, a robot feeling a victim to all circumstances. But when you connect to 
your choice. And that's what I did too, as a child is I chose myself and I didn't choose what was going on in my family as my legacy. I chose myself without knowing it as well. And I became more and more conscious that I was choosing myself in my teen years. So I got real rebellious with choosing myself. And I said, I'm out, you know, I ran and, um, you know, I survived that. But when we, when we give this to ourselves, we own the responsibility of choosing to connect to awareness or to consciousness. Mm-hmm. We begin to choose our thoughts. They become more manageable and less easily hijacked by reactions to circumstances or past trauma. Instead of being held hostage, we see beyond those temporarily temporary experiences, you know, and into the real, you know, that is always and is, has always been. It's like nature. It is always and always been as far as our nature knows. Nature right. is the nature of our existence. It's we a just, constant. Yep. Yes. And we just mm-hmm. talk ourselves out of it. Right. And we get into these um you know, I mean, when you, when you go into nature, it's a freeing experience. It becomes more powerful than the limitation traps that thoughts set for us. And thoughts and those limitation traps are what cause mental distress and mental illness is getting in a loop of thinking that you are, you know, the reaction to a circumstance. And we are not reactions to our circumstances. We have experiences. We are an amalgamation of circumstances in our thoughts you know, thought processes, but it's, that's only the beginning level of it. Our consciousness is way beyond those circumstances and those thought processes. That's how I look at my life and the, and when I, you know, when I work with women that are in this loop of limitation from resisting their irresistible, their truth, what they really want to do, because they think they have to live this way, do this thing. This role is what I have to do. And my family won't accept me. My husband won't accept me. I have to do it this way. Once they can let begin the letting go of that, it's amazing how things shift around you. They break free. Absolutely. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. You know, it was like I had to unlearn everything that was brainwashed into me from childhood to the age of 40. And then I had to relearn everything over again and figure out who Kathy really was. And that was the hardest part was taking a look um, at what was real, what wasn't real, you know, what, what are illusions, what, what, do I, what do I like, and not, what, not basing my opinions on what other people like. It was a real shift. But I guess that the worst part about all, the hardest part about all that was learning to accept how awesome I am and how, 
um, how many qualities that I have and how beautiful and, and how much I shine and how much I'm giving and caring and loving and all these things. And that I'm not all the, the negative things that have been brainwashed into me. Right. And that was, and it took me till I was 42 for that to happen. It took that long. And even to this day, um, like I'm 53 now, um, I, my self-esteem is like nothing to where it used to be. Like, you know, mind you, maybe it's operating my equipment <laughs> that does wonders for your self-esteem, <laughs> but, uh, it's it, for, for women out there, when I, when I talk to them, it's just, it's the same thing. I said, you have to look at yourself and you have to deconstruct everything. If you want to get to the root cause of the problem. Yep. Right? And, and find ourselves and find our value. Yeah. Yep. yep. And Walker, you're doing that with your book. What exactly do you cover in Awaken, Discovering Yourself Through the Light of Your Innocence? I imagine there are a lot of really, really interesting and deep topics in here, but it, it's obviously a great roadmap for people to make a change. Exactly. I share stories from my youth. I share I share a lot of the, um, I don't go deep into the, uh, you know, the actual trauma um, the abuse rather, not the trauma. I go through the trauma, but I don't go into the actual, I don't dive into the dark, um, mm -hmm. the darkness, uh, too much. I, I dive deep into how I came out in, out from the darkness, because I think it's really easy to dive into the darkness, um, to get too pre for me, it was, and I wanted what I needed when I wanted tools were people to show me, out of my darkness. And that's the path I show is this is what I went through in this moment when I went through this, as Kathy said, this deconstruction. And I needed to sit beside my 16 year old in me that did not want to let go of that belief pattern, that thought pattern, that idea of me that didn't feel safe going towards um, loving myself without apology and question or question, but just, you know, being good with my awesomeness. She's like, what, you know, what is that? You know, how do you, but you can't, you can't find, you know, and this is like, you know, this part of us lives in there and it's okay to, to accept that part of you. That is part of your journey. It's part of what you experienced in life. You don't have to get rid of who you were and what you experienced. But what you do is bring yourself up with you, bring the parts of you up with you and into this new experience. And that's what I, I write about because often we are taught to deny, we're taught to um, suppress, we're taught to, uh, well, that was me back then. Well, no, that that's part of me now too. That's, an, that's a part of my palette, part of the canvas that is me, makes me who I am. I have the ability to relate to people in that place because I've been there and that's a gift. That's not something, you know, and I know it's a gift. And the, the reason I know is because it happened because it is. And it's like, when people ask me, why do you think this, how, why, why did this happen? And there's that, you know, very simple answer, you know, it was meant to happen because it did. There is not something, there's not a benefit of going in and asking why I've discovered in my life at through going uh, in and out of consciousness of where I was a passenger and where I was a participant. 
literally being in a trance state because something triggered me and brought me to a place of remembering what I had been through that was too traumatic to have remembered up until that moment. And I remembered it because I was meant to see it now and heal it now and, and pull myself through it, through loving myself, caring enough to see myself, caring enough to find a way to recognize that person who uh, perpetrated that violence on me was doing the best they could with what they knew. Although, you know, it's in no way acceptable. There's nothing I could do now about it happening then. And hating that person isn't going to help me. It's not going to make me feel better. I don't have to go hang out with that person, but how do I find compassion for that person in the moment I am finding compassion for me, the person of me at that time, now that I see this. So I had to walk that, those circumstances numerous times in my life because of what I lived through and how my mind suppressed it because it was so traumatic, my mind couldn't deal with it. And it, for me, that is the, the best uh, medicine has been the best medicine for me is learning how to find compassion for me and the offender at the same moment, going through the process in my body. I mean, there have been times I go through one uh, experience in Awaken where I was literally shaking. And because of the circumstances that I was in in my life at that time, I had the tools. I had been around women that had given me these tools, but I hadn't practiced with them yet in the moment. I hadn't had the opportunity. And so that's another way I looked at it too, is this is an opportunity for me. I can practice right now and see how much I can release, how much I can let go, practice letting go. It's an action. Um, I prefer letting go to surrender because letting go is a responsible action. You take, make the choice to let go. Surrendering for me was not as, um, it wasn't as action. It wasn't as responsible to me. It was like uh, giving it up to somebody else or something else to fix. Whereas I wanted to be conscious enough to say, I want and ready to let go of this. How do I do this in a way that doesn't carry baggage for me? That was about compassion for me. So that was how I dealt with the shame because we all know all of us have been through our own trauma. We know that there is no trauma that doesn't have shame as a byproduct. Yeah. And to shame ourselves is, a, is not compassionate. It is not kind. It doesn't help us uh, move into life in a, with love and with an empowered mind and body and spirit to impact the world in the way that we want to impact the world. So how do I show compassion to myself? Well, I can't do that without showing compassion to the offender because the offender has been through something that I have no clue what they've been through, but whatever it is, they've never been taught or never reached this place that I'm at right now. And that naturally made me feel compassion for them because I knew instinctually I was about to move through something and I was about to let go of something and my load was going to get lighter. And that just, it's a, it's a place of compassion. You can't be in that, that state and not feel an element of compassion. Uh, 
towards the person, when you realize, oh my gosh, I'm letting go of this and this person has not reached that point of letting go, they're in such shame that they only feel safe creating a world that reflects that shame over and over again, which is abuse. And I see it differently. So I am, I've got a blessing here and I've got to be grateful for, for this blessing and to be in gratitude leads right into compassion. And yeah, so I just didn't really have a choice. And I, I mapped that path out in awaken. It's a, it shows you my path, shows you how I came to it, shows you speaks, you know, about what I went through and you can tell the way I write it. I write enough detail that you, you know, that I've lived through something that, that was severe and, but I don't want to distract you with that because you're reading it because you've been through something severe. Don't we all want a way out of that so that we can feel joy and love and trust. Trust is that hurdle that, um, it's probably the biggest hurdle I've ever had. Yeah. It's trust. So you're leading people into the light with your book. This is phenomenal. And that's what people are looking for. A tour guide, if you will, somebody who's going to lead you down the right path for hope and in prosperity. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in Northern Alberta, Canada. She's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big, an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of and join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Where can people find your book, Walker? My book is on Amazon. I also have an audio book that's on Apple and Amazon. And I'm considering actually uh, putting it on Spotify. Um, They're opening up a huge audio book platform. And uh, I'm in the process of that. But right now it's Amazon, Apple, and Audible, which is, I think, Amazon too. Um, I can be reached uh, via my website, uh, I'm on social media. I am Walker Kimberly, um, which is my new website. It used to be Walker Brandt, but it got hacked last year or this year, earlier this year. And, but you can reach me on social media. I'm on most of the platforms. 
and um yeah i'd love to connect and that's that's my i love your insight this is this is terrific walker i think that this is going to be some great information for people to find their way well absolutely some of the listeners out there are going to be elevated i guess you could say into maybe shifting their their consciousness into a new line of direction right so thank you very much thank you for having me and you know i i want to say one last thing to Mm -hmm. the women out there and how beautifully magnificent powerful you are and we are and that we are at a time where we can consciously choose to be and do differently and to go out there and do it differently and rock your femininity and your magnificence because when we do this when we connect to our intrinsic values as women mm-hmm. we shift it in our energy first and the world follows i and love that yeah i'm excited for what's happening for us and the world as a result of women i really am this yeah. has been terrific thank you walker thank you very much thank you both what a pleasure You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors It's free. All of the material you hear on TNCRadio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of TNCRadio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at TNCRadio.live.